see. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. This is episode number 109, and I'm here with Mr. Zach Merkel. How are you, man? What's going on, Phil? Great to finally be on. How are you, sir? I, uh, I've been keeping an eye on you uh, through Instagram and checking out your posts here and there, and lately you've been looking like a freak. So <laughs> I thought I'd have you on and kind of introduce you to the bodybuilding world and uh, let them know someone's coming. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, kind of just been uh, working hard in silence. You know, that's always been my thing. Um, when I turned pro at USA's, you know, I, I kept that prep under wraps. And I released like one photo, like three weeks out, you know, um, just to yeah. let everyone know I was jumping in and, uh, you know, it's been two years since I competed and it's, uh, finally time to get back up there. So, uh, Chicago is the move. Yeah, I actually, you... I actually have been dieting for strictly for like well over 20 weeks. I wanted to do Indy, yeah. didn't feel quite ready. Uh, thought maybe Cali was the next didn't feel quite ready but uh i think i'm gonna nail it for chicago so i'm excited yeah well you kind of showed up out of nowhere at the usa's because i think a lot of people had nick walker winning that show and then you showed up and kind of upset everybody yeah and yeah the hype th- was uh definitely surrounding nick um, yeah i think nick i think uh you beat nick and vincenzo was at that show too right yeah vince he was in the top five um Brandon Barrows, I believe, got third. Um, yeah, my memory's a little foggy, but it, it was a good top five in that uh, yeah. super heavy class. Yeah, it was a good did show. You, did you know, and I'm not trying to start any kind of rivalry or anything, but did you know, like, were you were you kind of chasing Nick? You like, you knew the hype was behind him and you wanted to kind of, like, make sure you showed up and, and took over? Um, that's a good question. You know... Uh, you can't ignore like the guys around you that are getting notoriety and getting attention. So, I mean, that's always in the back of your mind, but you know, bodybuilding for me has always been an endeavor of personal improvement. So I'm happy as long as I beat my previous look. Yeah. Um, And I knew, you know, I was going to be at my all time best size wise, conditioning wise, you know, development wise. So you know, I, it's the same mentality with every show I do. You just go into it and, uh, you know, you treat every show, you know, with, with the utmost importance and you just hope for the best. And uh, that's what I did. And it was a it was a overall victory, you know. Yeah. You sound like you're not a fan of social media <laughs> or, or not i shouldn't say a fan but you sound like it's not your main objective like your thing is actually in the gym yeah that's true i i just i love the training i love the lifestyle i'm i'm a i'm a diehard you know bodybuilder um yeah. and uh the social media you know thing is um i don't know do i want to call it like a necessary evil it, it, it it's not really like an evil but yeah um it can be you know, I, yeah, it, but yeah. it can be a great thing, you know, to get both. yourself out there and market yourself. Um, you know, I'm trying to use it now to garner some more online clients because mm-hmm. I, I just really enjoy, you know, helping others. And, uh, you know, especially younger guys, that's kind of like my niche is um, younger, you know, uh, not just amateur bodybuilders, but lifestyle clients and stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, just because um, I, I, I've been there and I wish when I started, I had someone um, showing me all the proper ways, you know, I, I made every mistake you can make in bodybuilding. Tell so, me, tell me how, how old were you when you started bodybuilding? Um, I did my first show when I was 20, um, 28 now. Um, but you know, I've been training, I've been training more or less like a bodybuilder since I was like a young, young teenager, like in high school, you know, um, I was never one to really chase like bench PRs like everyone else like I've always like isolated muscles and I I feel like that kind of helped catapult me into you know having success as like a young bodybuilder because a lot of guys are like crossover you know they start in powerlifting they start in you know like football lifting or whatever and I was always kind of just like I you know I want to train like a bodybuilder you know yeah so what 
what were some of the mistakes you made? You talk about making mistakes. Can you can you pick out a couple glaring ones that you um, know were nothing big- in particular? It's just like um, like a, a funny one. I always laugh at is like I used to think um, in order to get shredded, you could eat as much clean food as you wanted to eat. So my first diet, I started out on like 500 or like 550 grams of protein. It was like a pound of meat per meal and like a ton of rice. And I was like, what what the hell? I'm not losing any weight. I'm not getting any leaner. I'm eating clean. I didn't have any cheat meals, you know, um, just like dumb stuff like that, that like, you know, you learn, Oh, I need to be in a deficit and just like basic, but, um, yeah, you know, you, you pick up from like guys in the gym that have, you know, done it. And, uh, you know, you know, you, you pick and choose, like, you got to be careful what forums you read from and stuff, but, uh, you know, you just pull from different resources and eventually you, f- you find your way and you learn your body and, you know, then you, you really get good. So how big were you? So you didn't play any high school sports or anything like nothing led you to bodybuilding? Um, no, I did. I, uh, I played baseball in high school. I was on the baseball team. Ironically enough, I was on the golf team too um so you know um the furthest thing from like strength related uh stuff so um yeah that was that was part of what really drove me to be a bodybuilder was um I knew I wasn't good enough to play you know these sports beyond high school and go to the next level I you know just being realistic yeah and um I wanted to find something I was good at that I could still be competitive in and, um, you know, I, I went to college and I was like, okay, you know, everyone else is, uh, drinking, partying and, uh, you know, there's all these distractions, but I just want to focus on the gym and, um, uh, diet. And that's when, you know, I, I had always lifted, you know, pretty seriously. And, uh, you know, that's when I really started, you know, tying together the diet and, uh, you know, my body started to really respond. And, um, I was like, you know, I could. I could be good at this bodybuilding thing. So I did my first uh, local show when I was 20. I won the overall there. Um, Gary Udit was there and yeah. he was like, he was like, dude, you're already ready for nationals. And uh, wow. I was like, well, wow. You know, and then um, the rest is history. And ever since that point, I've done one show per year. Yeah. Um, up until last year, I took last year off because of, uh, covid and i had you know some health issues and stuff too um not health issues but i had like you know uh cardiac like heart type uh it it, it was um you know an issue that was there from birth so i needed some cardiac ablations done um good now i feel great but uh yeah, yeah um I, I i thought i always thought that doing one show per year um, in my early years was a good gauge of how much improvement I can make over the course of the year. Cause you get like a solid eight to nine months off season or yeah. grow phase, if you will. And then you diet down and you kind of see what you put on and what was underneath. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I've always made, you know, steady progress. I, I didn't have like any one year where it was like, wow, like I blew up. Um, yeah. That's so, kind of- that's kind of the way I did it. I, I did one show. I actually started the same time you did. I was 20 years old when I started. Yeah. And I did one show a year until I was 27, pretty much. And then I turned pro at 27. So kind yeah. of what, similar. What show did you turn pro at again? I, I won the Canadian Nationals. Canadian Nationals. Yeah. You went overall. Yeah. 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 So I uh, kind of have a same, similar timeline to yours. Um, but what can you still swing a golf club? <laughs> um, I can. It's not pretty, but, uh, I'll, I'll go to like, I'll go to like top golf and hit some balls or whatever. And, uh, yeah. Can you still drive it? Like how far can you still drive a ball? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I could, if I hit it straight, I could probably like whack a ball, like 250 yards or something, yeah, but, yeah. uh, obviously like the shoulder and the pack, like interference is, uh, yeah. It's fun though. I, I still like to get out and do stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it's important. To, um, I mean, as a bodybuilder, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's your life, but I, I like to get out and, uh, hit some golf balls, go bowling, um, you know, just 
do different do stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to show some, I want to show people kind of what we're talking about, why I'm laughing that you're uh, still trying to hit golf balls because it's ridiculous how big you are. Um, <laughs> for those, those of you who don't follow Zach, this is Zach Merkel's Instagram page. Merck Diesel. For those of you listening on audio, it's Merck Diesel. So M E R K Diesel, all one word. Uh, check him out on Instagram. So the first photo I go to, this is you. How many days ago? Oh, um, that was like what a week or two ago. June, it says June second. So yeah, yeah. So this is a, a little over almost two weeks ago. And you're how heavy here? Two seventy five, two eighty. Um, yeah, I was like two seventy nine or two seventy eight or something there. I'm a couple pounds down since that photo. I weighed in at like 275 this morning. You know, that's crazy, right? Like how tall um, are you? How tall are you? I call myself six foot. Um, I'm <laughs> call like, my, call myself yeah. <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? You're 5'11"? Yeah. It means I'm like 5'11 and a half. <laughs> okay. So how tall is Dennis Wolf? Do you know? Um, Do you I know? Don't know. I, I feel like, when you look up bodybuilder heights on Google and stuff, you get all kinds of results. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why there's such a discrepancy. I think like bodybuilders lie about their height. That's why I, I <laughs> but I don't know how tall uh, Dennis Wolf is. He, okay. He's got to be like, what, six, six. I one think he's something. like, I thought he was like six one or something. Like that. I'm just the only reason I'm making the comparison is because you're, you're another tall bodybuilder, like in the same, in the same. I mean, you don't really have the same muscle bellies. You have a different physique altogether but uh just another taller bodybuilder that's big with great proportions i mean yeah thanks man everything looks like it fits really well together and you know you're not lacking anywhere so i mean it's going to be an exciting show so you, this is what you're bringing to this is your first pro show when did what year did you turn, turn pro two years ago yeah um 2019 usa's so that's why kind of why the break uh for two years Right. So, um, like I kind of lightly touched on, um, I knew after I turned pro at USA's, well, I was in shape, right. And a lot of people were saying, you know, Oh, you should go do Tampa and, uh, this and that you're already in shape, go see how you do cash in. Um, I just really, I just wanted to enjoy the victory for a while. Okay. Um, and kind of rebound and just, you know, do what I've, always done you know like do a show and then uh pack it up for the year and i know you know that's a little different now and it changes when you turn pro but i really just wanted to enjoy that victory and you know i wanted to do a show in 2020 but um around christmas time of 2019 i started getting these symptoms right um i, I was getting like a racing heart rate, um, dizzy in the gym. Um, so it turns out I was, I was having cardiac arrhythmias, yeah. right. And, um, you know, I, 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 all I knew was I, I felt really off, you know, um, just dizzy, nauseous. Um, my heart would start pounding out of nowhere. It started in the gym, like during sets and, um, it progressed to the point to where I would just be sitting at home and I would start like, you know, it, it would jump on me. So, um, I finally decided to go to urgent care. Um, they thought I had a blood clot in my lung. So they sent me to the hospital. Um, you know, so I went to the ER, I, you know, got in the hospital, you know, they admitted me, um, I got in a room, uh, kept me overnight. And then the next morning, um, you know, I'm all hooked up, you know, to the monitors and everything. And out of nowhere, my heart rate jumps from like a normal, well, it was already elevated. It was like nineties or so. Mm -hmm it jumps to 260 beats per minute. So oh, the alarms go off, like the nurses rush into the room, you know, they put the defibrillator pads on me and they're ready to, you know, do cardio version to shock me out of it. Yeah. Um, they shot me up with something. So luckily, you know, it calmed down. Anyways, I had to be life lighted. Um, I lived in Newcastle at the time. I live in Pittsburgh now, but um, I had to be life lighted, uh, you know, UPMC Presby, which is, like one of the main hospitals in Pittsburgh. Um, turns out I had a WPW, which is Wolf Parkinson white syndrome, okay. which is um, like an extra nerve pathway in your heart. And uh, you know, if you think of your um, heart rate is like riding a circle, yeah. it's a short circuit. And once it jumps on that shorter circuit, it goes oh, extremely okay. fast. 
Okay. And I actually had another, um, another similar uh, condition that was called AVNRT. It's AV nodal reentrant tachycardia. So I had another uh, similar nerve defect, and I had both going on at once, and they'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. So um, I had to have uh, two cardiac ablations done. I I actually what's went procedures. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. What What's an ablation? What does that mean? What do they do? Okay. So they go in with a. They go in. They went in through my groin with a catheter. And they run it up into your heart and they heat the tip of that catheter on the nerve yeah. and kill that nerve, essentially that nerve. So then, um, you so know, when, functions when, properly. Yeah. So then yeah. when that electrical circuit, you know, comes to that, that split, it doesn't ride that nerves now dead. So it rides the normal circuit. I got but it. anyways, um, the procedure was just supposed to be a standard two or three hour long procedure. Um, it turns out like I'm, I'm such a heavy guy, you know, I, I was 290 pounds, um, when I went under, um, and they, they also found out, you know, that I had a uh, like sleep apnea and all this stuff. And now I wear a CPAP at night and, uh, yeah. whatever, but that's besides the point. Um, my lung, I, I got a pulmonary edema, like, so they couldn't keep this fluid out of my lungs. So they actually had to put me on a ventilator. So I was unconscious for like three days, you know, tube down my throat, um, hooked up to all these wires. And, uh, I, I remember going into the EP lab on uh, Wednesday and I woke up when they woke me up. I thought it was like Wednesday night. It was Saturday. So oh I was out for like three days. And the first thing I remember was they're pulling this tube out of my throat. I'm puking all over myself, like all this fluids coming out. Yeah. And I, I was just like gripping the sides of the bed because I couldn't breathe. I didn't know if I was dying or uh, yeah. like what was going on. It was it was the scariest moment in my life, hands down. And, uh, you know, then everything calmed down and they explained to me what happened and that, you know, I should be fine, you know, recovering. Um, and I was, uh, you know, released from the hospital that Monday. I had to take a couple weeks off the gym and yeah. slowly wean back. And uh, they told me, um, your heart um, is, you know, going through a procedure like that, it, it's a lot of irritation on your heart. So I would be training and I would still get um, like these glimpses of like these borderline arrhythmias. They were more like murmurs or like skipped heartbeats. Yeah. And I felt I dealt with that for months and months. And uh, I was like, man, am I am I ever going to go back to normal? Like I just this is foreign to me. You know, I've never felt any sensations like this. So it was really scary, but, um, over time it subsided and I got more comfortable with training and pushing myself in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it was, it was scary to like, you know, train, yeah. you know, failure. Um, I was just, I was just going to ask you, so this happened last, was it last year this happened? This happened, <laughs> um, uh, between Christmas of 2019 and like January of 2020 was when um, everything went down, you know, with the hospital yeah. and such. So, so you were in the hospital for a few days. You went through all this. They told you everything that was wrong. And yeah. you're, and, I, and I, I'm just, forgive me if I ask this in an odd way, but no, your, your main inclination was to get back to the gym. And I'm like, aren't you scared at all that like, did anybody say to you, Hey, maybe you need to take some time off. Maybe you need to downsize. Maybe bodybuilding is not right for you. Like is any of that enter your mind or are you like, I'm fine now. I'm going back to work. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, there was a lot going through my mind that, you know, I was hearing from people, uh, Hey, maybe bodybuilding, maybe it's not in the cards. Maybe, um, it's not for you. Uh, you know, maybe like having gone through that being maintaining your size, isn't the smartest thing. Yeah. Um, but my cardiologist, uh, luckily she's wonderful. And, uh, she kind of, you know, laid it out for me in, um, well, you know, as bodybuilders, we all we're stubborn and like, we don't yeah. like to hear what the doctors have to say. And we're like, Oh, that, that 
that's not going to happen to me. That doesn't apply to me. You know, we yeah. think we're invincible or whatever. Um, but, you know, I trust her. And, you know, she genuinely said, you shouldn't have an issue uh, continuing your bodybuilding. And that was the best news I've ever heard, you know, because yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I bawled my eyes out in the hospital, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was really emotional because um, I didn't know what to expect. So did you, did um, you think, did you think at that time, because I think I've been, I've been where you are to, yeah. a, to a certain degree. Do you think, were you thinking at that time, I'm going to have to stop everything I was doing and everything I worked for? Is that part of the reason you were crying? Yeah, I was, I was really worried about that. I mean, one, I was lucky to be alive. Like, I don't want to, um, okay. I don't want to neglect to, you know, be appreciative of that. But um, yeah, you know, um, as, as bodybuilders, you know, we really, you know, the serious ones we pour our heart and soul into it and uh you know we we don't know anything else so um yeah there was a lot of uncertainty just going through my mind and uh you know um getting you know mixed feedback from you know the people in my circle and the people around me uh mm -hmm. but you know i just i was like you know what let's just treat it like anything else one day at a time um let's be optimistic because you know your mood and your mentality can dictate a lot, you know, and it, it corresponds to your body. And, um, yeah, I was just thankful, you know, that it, it could have gone so many yeah. different ways. And most of them would have been, you know, I, I think it went like the best way it could have possibly gone, you know, um, this condition, uh, or these conditions I had the WPW especially affects, uh, younger, um, younger people it's it's one of the rare you know cardiac issues that um when you have it most people know by the time they're like 25 or 30 or so and uh you know it'll it'll um these young kids like five six seven ten years old they'll just drop dead randomly and yeah. you know people won't know why and uh it happened to my um i think it was uh my cousin her friend's daughter um, she had WPW and she was like 10 years old at her dance recital or um, choir recital or whatever. She's up on stage with uh, her class or, you know, this group of kids and singing, you know, dancing, whatever. And then she just drops and that's yeah. it right there. Yeah. She's dead, you know. So I was really lucky. I think um, training and um being in the shape that I was in actually really helped me uh, survive, you know, the, um, how intense, you know, the, the initial part of it. Yeah. 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 The, the yeah. arrhythmias and the initial, you know, shock of everything. So um, yeah. Well, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you in that way. Like I do listen to my doctor as well. And, you know, I have my own health issues going on and I, my doctor's like, you're good just keep doing what you want to do as soon as as soon as you're not good i'll tell you you're not good so is your relationship with your cardiologist kind of similar where she's like i'll tell you if you need to take a break or i'll tell you if you need to stop um yeah i think it's kind of understood uh yeah. between us um yeah she's um she's never steered me wrong you know and uh i've had a, a cardiologist prior to her that um has told me you're not going to make it past 25 like and uh that was based off of nothing you know okay. i it was like standard standard checkups and just uh that typical like um you're you're a gear using athlete like you shouldn't be doing that like shame on you um this is what's going to happen to you like that yeah. kind of fear factor you know and yeah. i just i hate that you know it, yeah. it I don't know, but yeah, I'm in good hands now. So, good. so, okay. You are 20. How many shows did you do between you did a show every year? Did you win every show between the time you started and the time you did the nationals Were they all, or how many losses did you take in that time? Oh yeah. Plenty of losses. So, uh, I did my first one when I was 20, that was just a small local show. It, it wasn't even like an NPC show. It was recognized by the NPC. Yeah. Um, it was just a small college show. Uh, the second show I did, uh, did you, win the, did you win the first one? 
Yeah, the overall, the heavyweight okay. and the overall. Yeah. Second, second one? Second show, I did collegiate nationals, and I took second place in the heavyweights to Cody Montgomery okay. that year. He won the um, teen and collegiate nationals. Uh, the next year, I decided to try North Americans. I was 22. Um, that was 2015. I believe uh, Russ Allen won the uh, super heavies that year. Mm-hmm. I took eighth place. It was a really strong lineup. There's like 32 guys in the supers. How does how does eighth place affect you when you've already taken a first and a second and then you walk up and you take eighth? Are you seriously affected or are you like, this is the big leagues and it's okay? You know what? Um, I was okay with it because it's, it's a whole new level and it was such a deep lineup. I, I kind of justified it. Like, well, I, I was in the top third, like top quarter of the total number of guys and most of these guys have been doing it for years you know like yeah the average age was you know probably 30 some or whatever for these guys and there were all kinds of names that are you know big now in that lineup so i I wasn't too bummed about it i was just you know i was happy again to bring my best and um i had a lot of fun at that show and uh yeah and then so you just got back to work. What was after that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that said, after uh, that first North American experience in 2016, I, uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to dial it back a little bit, um, choose a show that's um, challenging, but, you know, realistically enough for me to win. So I decided to do the Mr. Pittsburgh um, contest uh you know which is a stone's throw away from where i lived you know i was lucky enough to live in the pittsburgh area which is a pretty a pretty solid hub you know for bodybuilding you got the mannions and udit and all these big shows here so um i won the closed overall pittsburgh um so i won the title of mr pittsburgh and i lost in the open heavyweights yeah, because they didn't have supers at that show. It was like 200 whatever and up was yeah. just heavyweight. They didn't have super. I lost to uh, Seth Shaw. Okay. Um, he won that that class and he lost the overall to like the light heavy or something. So I, I did well. It was a good outing for me. I was happy to have that title. Mm-hmm. And then ironically enough, um, the next year, 2017, I went back to North Americans and I took second place there. And I lost to Seth Shaw again. again. He did that show. <laughs> and he won the overall and he won his pro card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, it was all good because uh, I was like, okay, I'm right there. Like, I, yeah. I know I can do this. I know I can turn pro. Um, so uh, 2018, I did North Americans again, you know, naturally. So it's local. I don't have to. Um, I don't have to fly or travel anywhere crazy. It's kind of like a, a ready-made pro yeah. qualifier right in my backyard. Um, yeah. Anyways, I took third um, in a tough lineup. Um, Ron Gordon won the class, uh, the Supers. Uh, Cade Zook, my buddy Cade, he looked phenomenal. Yeah. He took second. Um, so Ron, he ended up winning the overall in the, uh, I believe, Masters 35 and over as well. Um, that that prep I wasn't for whatever reason I wasn't quite conditioned enough I put on a a a lot of size between uh the previous year and then and um it didn't help I kind of I was a a little under the weather I got sick like a couple days prior to the show and I mean you know that 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 doesn't do anything good for you you hold water and I was sweaty on stage and my tan was streaking and uh Yeah. yeah You know, so what um, came yeah, what, that was a botch. What came after that one? USA's. That was the uh, one. Yeah. yeah, 2019, I decided, uh, you know, let's mix it up. Uh, let's uh, go to Vegas and compete. Um, you know, see if that uh, judging panel likes me any and uh, turn it into a little mini vacation in Vegas after the show. Why not? You know, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the rest is history. So you got the pro card. When did you sign on with Redcon? Um, Redcon picked me up. Uh, let's see. USA's were end of July, that September. So right after. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Can you explain to the young guys out there looking for sponsorships what that's like? Is it, 
did Redcon come knocking on your door? Did you go down knocking on their door? Like how did, how did the whole thing come about? Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Um, actually I have some really supportive parents when it comes to, uh, bodybuilding. My mom and dad are great. Yeah. My dad contacted Singerman on LinkedIn and said, <laughs> Hey, uh, my son just won USA's. Um, could you take a look at him? You know, wow. he's, he's not signed, uh, you know, check them out. And then sure enough, they're like, yeah, you know, um, we'd be happy to have you. And, uh, yeah, that, that's how that went down. Cause you know me, I'm, I'm a pretty modest guy. I don't like, I don't really put myself out there excessively. Yeah. Um, would so, you, would you have ever, let me ask you this question. Would you have ever gone knocking on their door? You yourself? Um, I don't know. Maybe at a certain point, like, you might have tried it, it, it was in my mind i was like well i did just win usa's you know that's not like a slouch no achievement so no. i was uh you know i was ready to maybe start sending out some emails but it panned out and uh you know redcon's been really good to me so yeah. i'm i'm happy i'm happy to be a part of the team and um actually uh as soon as i got with them uh mega fit meals contacted me so uh I got with Megafit. Um, that one fell right into my lap. They they uh, sought me out. So yeah. um, and then uh, Chic Sports. They. Well, uh, I assume. Yeah. I assume for those people listening that probably don't know how it works. I assume the other sponsors, once they knew you were sponsored by Redcon, probably were easier to pick up because then they kind of know. Okay, you're ready with somebody. They're going to promote you. So the other sponsors are going to get help being like promoting their athlete as well because redcon's going to promote you you know what i mean yeah that so. that seems to be uh the case um like you you get that main one and yeah. then um like you said like the cross promotion it all kind of becomes easier um, yeah it, it all kind of the momentum you know builds off mm. of each other so absolutely um what uh well, how many siblings do you have? Are you the only child or do you have siblings? No, I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My brother's 21 now. My sister's 19. Were your mom and dad always, it's not very common for, it's funny because Nick, Nick Walker's parents are very supportive too. But aside from a couple people, parents are always either indifferent to it or they're against it. So have your parents always been on board from day one? Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they love it. Like they're really, eh? like full on. Um, but, um, at the same time there, there's no pressure or anything. They're, uh, they're just supportive in, in that they'll support me no matter what I do, whether I want to be Mr. Olympia or I could walk away tomorrow and say, you know, I'm just, not feeling it anymore and they'd be just as happy for me. So, uh, you know, they're, they're fantastic. And it's actually, you know, as I've competed and, um, I've progressed, you know, they've learned more about it and they actually get really excited, you know, about the sport. They're like, Hey Zach, did you see so-and-so they're looking good. And, um, <laughs> my, my mom, my mom will yeah. actually like, uh, critique me on like my progress photos and be like, Hey, that, you know, that part of your rear double bicep looks a little thin there. Do you think you could like pack on some lower lats or like, what's going on with your adductors? Why aren't they like detailing properly? And I'm like, you can't help but laugh, but it's, it's, it's great. Do you ever tell your mom, you're like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to do the things you're telling me. I'm trying. I swear. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. everything I can believe me. Um, 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 crossing my t's and dotting yeah. my eyes here i think that's really cool though man it's it's because it's that's a whole other level like it's one thing for them to show up at the at the shows and like cheer you on and stuff because like my family eventually got to that point but um it's a whole other level for them to be like critiquing your photos and fucking letting yeah. you know letting you know who else is coming so chicago is coming up and that's your you've decided that that's going to be your pro debut. Do your parents know who's competing? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know, they know more of the athletes that are in it than I do. Do they like, send you, do they send you photos of like Charles Griffin's come in and 
Um, Brett Wilkins and like, do they send you photos of these people or no? Yeah, no, they don't send me photos, but uh, like, I don't know. Like, you know me, I just like, I'm I'm like, I'm going to do this show and bring my best and whatever happens, happens. And uh, yeah, they're like, oh man, I I, I think you can inch out so-and-so if you beat them in X, Y, Z shots. This guy's going to be tough, you know, Um, but. uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, so, okay. Honestly, like, you know, competitor, competitor, you don't, cause I used to look around and you know, every, every, every athlete's different. So I'll, I'll believe you whatever you say. But when I used to compete, I used to look around and be like, okay, this guy's doing the show. This guy's doing the show. This guy's doing the show. Where do I think I fit? Okay. I think I can place here. Do you play that game with yourself or you're like, I'm not, I don't really give a shit. I'm not watching who's doing anything. I'm just focused on myself. Um, both, uh, if, if that's possible, like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, um, like it, like I said before, you can't really not think about it. Like it's impossible to not, you know, kind of play out scenarios in your head of how, how it could go. Like, Oh, if I'm on and he's off then I'll beat him. you know, if I'm a little off and like these guys are on, they could creep up on me. Um, but that's the beauty of bodybuilding shows is um, at, at the surface, you would think like the placings are set in stone. You know, it takes years to build the muscle. Like how on earth could you beat this guy if he's already so far ahead of you? But yeah. the reality is, is, um, you know, as like a seasoned bodybuilder or like uh, a devoted fan, you know that like this guy could be holding water. He could, um, you know, his, uh, night show look could you know worsen from prejudging and like all kinds of things could happen and uh that's why we show up and we compete to find out you know um you know who rises above the pressure and who buckles and you know how the pieces fall but um yeah i'm 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 excited i can't wait to be honest you seem pretty methodical in your approach are you is there any major pressure on you because it's your first show or have you kind of decided that it's it is what it is and i'm just not gonna worry about that um i'm i'm not really feeling a great deal of pressure i i just if anything i i you know put the pressure on myself um i can't control what anyone else looks like i can't control who shows up um so yeah you know i uh i just i just treat it like anything else and i just want to bring my best and control all the variables the best i can and um that's that you know um i want to get into a couple of the x's and o's because some people generally don't get into them but i think some people like to hear some of this stuff so what is uh first of all do you coach yourself or do you have a coach oh no i have a coach who's Um, your who's your coach morgan rice uh okay not a big name you've never heard of him huh no no is he is he coach a lot of people uh no no it, it that's funny you mentioned because um me and him kind of came up together uh i got with him for my second show back yeah. in 2014 i was like i i might have been his first client like ever yeah, yeah. um so you know it, it's kind of cool because i've improved as a bodybuilder and he's improved equally as much as a coach and he's had like seven eight years to learn my body And, um, you know, we've, uh, made mistakes together, you know, we've tried this and that experimented and, uh, you know, I think we're finally to the point to where, um, you know, he knows my body and I know what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. And, uh, it just works. But, um, yeah, since, uh, since then in the past couple of years, he's picked up a couple, uh, pro cards, you know, he's, he's turned some people pro and, uh, he's done it all organically you know without you know like some of these coaches will grab a guy who's clearly on the verge of turning pro and they'll just you know chalk that one up on their resume put their name attach their name to him yeah yeah um so you know morgan has truly um you know built me and a couple other guys from the ground up and i think there's something to be said about that yeah, I think it's a really good story, man. You guys have been together from the beginning. It's interesting to me. It also goes a lot, like it goes to your mindset as well. 
that you never decided to go with a bigger name guy? Because a lot of guys, what happens is they get to a certain level and then they're like, okay, and this happened to me. So I'm not talking about anybody specifically. It's happened yeah. to many people, but you get to a certain level and you're like, okay, well, I think since I'm at this level, I need to go with this level coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, people start to jump. They're like, okay, well, this guy got me to the nationals, but this guy will get me to the pros and they kind of jump over to somebody new. So I think it says a lot that you kind of stuck with your coach and you guys have done it together. All the Absolutely. Way I agree. I mean, uh, I've been offered um, free coaching uh, from big name coaches uh, yeah. numerous times. Um, you know, I've turned it, I've turned all those offers down um, just because I don't know. I, I dig the loyalty and uh, he's my coach and uh, he's a great, been a great friend to me, you know, through the years. And uh, we just work well, you know, that wouldn't work well for a lot of people. Like having your coach be one of your good friends, you know, a lot yeah. of people weren't that like, truly objective like coach um but i don't know I, I i think it's a good story too and it just works and mm -hmm. uh we're we're still you know i haven't competed in two years but we're still coming off of a victory and uh you know i've put on a ton of size since then and uh i'm dieting down well so you know things have been great yeah you don't find it hard like because I, I agree with what you said. Like some people find a, it's challenging to, when they blur the line between coach and friend. Like me and John Meadows started out as coach client and we worked together for a few years. We became friends. It almost kind of blurred the line between like listening to this guy or listening to your friend. Cause you're like, is that my friend telling me what to do? Or is that my coach telling yeah. me what to do? You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you, I, well, I you can like, split them up. Yeah. Well, I feel like, John, he he probably kept it real with you, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not yeah. going to uh, give you a burger and fries just because you're hungry, no. you know? Like, <laughs> no. Certainly no. not. No, John kept it real. He'd be like, you're you're either you're... If I wasn't focused, he'd be like, your shit's not focused, man. You need to... You, you know, no, he, he, would, he would always tell me exactly what, what the truth was. But... Oh, yeah. From a, from a competitor's standpoint... I always feel like, and, and I think a lot of competitors feel this way, is like you want to impress your coach. And your coach is almost like on a pedestal. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he says goes. And I feel like the pedestal is kind of gone after you become friends. Like when you become friends, your friend's no longer on a pedestal. He's like right next to you. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was always my thing is I liked having a coach that was like a mentor instead of my buddy. Yeah. So, it, it, that's a great point it's it's funny you mentioned that because um morgan he uh he does not sugarcoat anything i mean yeah. he's told me numerous times like dude you look like straight up dog shit right now <laughs> like you need to get your shit together yeah. and uh you know that yeah. resonates and that's pushed me to be a better a better bodybuilder yeah. um yeah yeah it, it, it's and he's like that with all his clients, you know, friends or not. Um, it, it's check-ins are always a little intimidating, but you, I think you need that and yeah. it keeps you focused and it keeps you honest. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, so how much size have you put on since, what were you on stage uh, at the USA's? USA's I weighed in 259. Okay. And now you're going to go on. I mean, fuck those last pictures, you were 275. So you're going to go on 10 pounds heavier at least maybe more. Yeah. Um, I think I can, I think I can be a fully shredded, like anywhere between, uh, 268 to 271, maybe fall somewhere in that range. I, I think like if I can get ready for Chicago a couple weeks early and kind of reverse into it and fill out a tad, um, that'll be perfect. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Obviously conditioning is paramount and, uh, that's the priority. I mean, everyone knows that like at any level one bodybuilding, if you try to strictly play the size game, it's yeah. not going to be the best result. So uh, conditioning will be paramount and um, whatever the weight is, it is, but I know I've put on quality tissue and if I don't weigh like what I want to weigh, then I know I'll be even more shredded than I was at USA's anyway. So yeah. the body composition is going to be better.
Yeah, it's always hard to gauge. Like it, I know I say, you know, 10 pounds, but even if you were 259 again, you're going to be a way better 259. It's not the same yeah. 250. So it's not, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge that way. I just, you know, that's a, it's just a question that you always wonder. Cause I was 255 for like the last four years of my career between 55 and 260. Yeah. But did your body composition change though? Yeah. Did you like, see, like, the yeah, like, like the 255, yeah. <clears throat> the 255 in 2014 was nothing like the 255 in 2015. Yeah. It's just a denser, thicker look. Right. So I know that can change without necessarily the numbers being higher, but even if you did put on the 10 pounds and you were 265 to 270, some people might say, well, that's not a lot of weight to put on in two years, but when you're that heavy, yeah, you know, putting on 10, 10 more pounds of muscle, that's a, that's a lot of fucking muscle to put on at that, at that, when you're already at that level of size. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a good point. Um, yeah. and just like from a development standpoint, like filling in the gaps, the glaring gaps that really yeah. need filled in like two pounds in the right spot can look like, I know. 10 pounds you know like yeah. it uh yeah like the development is i think at a certain point um it, it just takes precedence over everything else yeah so you're 28 29 now you 28 a, yeah so you got a lot of room to grow still so what uh what's the plan for this year is chicago and then actually before i get into the plans going back to the size you put on i want to know i just want to know a couple things do you do any cardio in the off season or are you like a heavy bulker? Um, I, I like to say I do cardio, but sometimes I skip <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how it is. Like, uh, so you know, you know, the saying is the right thing to say, but you probably, yeah. bar- you probably barely did any. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's like, I'd love to say, Oh, I did four 30 minute sessions a week religiously, but that's just not the case. <laughs> You know, what's the actual number? Like once, once a week, maybe. (laughs) Um, No, I more than that. It's just a little inconsistent. But these are the things that as a pro now I'm striving to, you know, tighten up my game on. Yeah. And uh, just be more of a perfectionist. Do you do you you get heavy in the offseason? Like, do you do you get like bulk up or are you like a cleaner, leaner kind of offseason? So like my thing was I would always have like shredded glutes, not shredded, but I would always have like notches in my glutes in the off season. Yeah. And uh, like, you could see definition everywhere. This yeah. um, two year hiatus from USA's until now was probably the chunkiest I ever got because uh, you know, I, and I, I don't know like where I went wrong, but um you know, I, I looked at progress photos of myself the one day because I don't really take a ton of photos in the off season because yeah. um, I'm heavy and, uh, you know, it's like uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to see all that slop. But, you know, <laughs> I, I took photos from the from the rear and I'm like, dude, what happened to my glutes? Like they're <laughs> like it's like jello back there. Yeah. So hence yeah. the um, prolonged diet this year. You know, I definitely had to diet down longer. I've up until this point, I've never done longer than the twelve-week diet. What's this one? What's this one? Sixteen. Oh, oh well, no. you, but, you, but you were getting, but you were, but you were getting ready for New yeah. York, so that doesn't really count. Yeah, I was gonna do uh, Indy and then maybe yeah. Cali. So I started dieting in February. Yeah. So I haven't eaten off plan since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said prior to that, I hadn't done longer than twelve weeks. And when I say 12 weeks, I mean going from eating like a cheat meal every day, just in the all out, balls out, strict yeah. dieting, you know, depletion. Um, but, uh, you know, I've I've hung in there and I feel good. And uh, I, I had, you know, a little deload phase here, you know, because it was such a, a prolonged yeah. um, diet. So a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I did a, a true deload from the gym. I increased the food. I let my body soak it up and uh, I really responded well. And now I feel refreshed and I'm ready to finish this final leg of prep. Yeah. A lot of people, well, me mainly would say that your heavy bulk in the off season is why you put on 10 pounds of muscle. So I, yeah. I if you didn't know, I'm a, I'm a fan of extreme bulking, not extreme bulking to the point of like, 
getting completely fat and gross. Yeah. But like I known to get puffy, you know what I mean? Known to get a little put on a little fluff in the off season. Yeah, absolutely. I like to eat. You like to eat, right? Uh, I like to eat. Yes, I like to eat. Yeah. What uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen your like twenty thousand calorie <laughs> attempt. Yeah. Like, dude, that was hilarious. Like, I got I got closer than I thought. I did the math wrong. I was actually I think I got to like seventeen thousand five hundred. So I was almost there. God. See, yeah. I'm not I'm I can't I'm not a, a one sitting big eater. Yeah. I can eat a lot over the course of a day, but I don't do well at buffets and stuff. No, um, I get full quick. Like there are guys that are way smaller than me that can eat twice as much yeah. in one sitting. But maybe that's because like my meals in the off season are so large. Like they're like 125 to 150 grams of carbs per meal. Okay. You know, on average. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you that. What's what's the standard meal look like? Like what is a basic Zach Merkel off-season meal look like? Uh, standard off-season meal. Um, I'll probably get like 75 grams of my carbs in from white rice, something complex. Um, the other 50 to 75 is usually something simple like uh, bagel, English muffins, maybe some banana or some fruit or something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, chicken or fish, as you can imagine, eight to nine ounces of chicken or fish um, with some fats, like a little bit of avocado or almonds or something. Um, I'm big on red meat in the off season. Uh, yeah. How I like time, my- how many times a day are you doing red meat? Because I was like that when I was coming up too. Um, in the off season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least like once a day. Once a I, day, right? Yeah, I like um lean ground beef or uh, sirloin or uh, some fillet or something. Uh, and actually, on prep, I've kept a ninety six four beef meal in most yeah. of the time. So I, I always felt like my performance was better if I had at least one steak meal a day. And in the off seasons, for most of my career coming up, I would do two steak meals a day because I always just felt like I grew better when I had red meat in my diet. Yeah, um, I agree. I love red meat. I, yeah. I like eating lamb too. Lamb is really popular yeah. where uh, where I'm from. I mean, um, you you have uh, like a Syrian you know, heritage. So. Lebanese, yeah, Lebanese. Yeah, Lebanese. I, I, that's my favorite food in the world is Lebanese food. Uh, lamb's lamb's really fatty though. That's the only reason. It like, is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's so good. <laughs> um, so, so you're doing a lot of everything. I mean, you got like you said, you got so because. A lot of the guys I've been talking to lately are doing like, if they do the 100 to 150 grams of carbs per meal, they're usually very low in fat. But you seem like you're doing the high carbs, pretty moderate fats, and you know, eight to nine ounces of protein cooked is is pretty significant as well. So, yeah, it's just high on everything. Just pile it on. Why not? <laughs> <you know? laughs> when it yeah. comes. To- when it comes to diet, are you switching to the traditional bodybuilding diet of like? Do you do a lot of fish or are you still leaving like the chicken and steak in? Um, I know you said you're but, trying to do the beef once a day, but other than that. Yeah. Other than that, um, I use chicken tenderloin and tilapia pretty much interchangeably. Okay. Um, there's like some people will do two fish meals, two chicken meals, two egg white meals, whatever. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my breakfast, the protein source is always just way isolate and I'll have like one whole egg. And then if, if there's carbs in it that day, it's like oatmeal. Um, but yeah, I use a uh, chicken and fish interchangeably for the other four or five meals. Yeah. Um, I use avocado for my fats. Um, if the avocados aren't ripe or whatever, I'll settle for almonds, but you know, I really love my avocado. What? Yeah. It does make things easier to eat, especially you mash it into your rice. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll take a bite of that with like my chicken and it's much more palatable. Yeah. Um, what are your carbs at when you're 279 pounds? Like what are you or 75 pounds? Are you still like, how low are your carbs getting right now? Um, obviously it varies, but right now on training days, my carbs are 200 grams, 150 grams on off days. Um, so I think it's important for people to realize, like, I, I consider myself to have a pretty fast metabolism, right? Yeah. But I still need to go low on food to get stage ready. Yeah. And I think that's being lost today in bodybuilding. Like, people uh, want to go for the coach that will give them a ton of refeeds. Um, 
they they everyone thinks they're a Juan Morrell and they can uh, yeah. slam these all day cheat days and um, that's you know you and I know that that's not the case when you yeah. you know need to get yourself right for the stage and be honest with yourself. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've gone pretty low. Like for USA's um, at the the peak of my depletion. I was doing an hour and a half of cardio a day and like 60 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, and, that's normal. I only right? had fats and like one or two of my meals at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, I think your message is actually really good. And I don't think we talk about that enough in the podcast is, is you're right. I didn't even, I didn't even kind of clue into that until you said it is a lot of people do think that the excess calories are okay. As long as it's clean food and, Everybody thinks they can get away with the Juan Morel stuff. And it's like, no, no, Juan's a special case. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, really good point. I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Um, what is training style like? Are you trained to failure, trained super heavy? I mean, I saw you doing 160 pound dumbbells for military press there. So you like, is that your thing? You like going nuts or is that a one-off? Um, yeah, I, I, I like the progressive overload. Um, but my own variation of it and, uh, you know, um, techniques that I've adopted from, uh, my coach Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important to incorporate the heavy lifts when your joints feel good. Uh, when you have the capacity to handle it, um, top sets, back offsets, but I'm also finding that, uh, volume has its value and it has its place. I do a lot of, uh, rest pause sets, triple drop sets. Um, I just think intensity is king. Yeah. And uh, there's a number of ways to capture that, whether it's an all-out top set. Um, as long as you're, like, to me, as long as you're going full range and you're not, you know, shortchanging yourself or skimping on the range of motion or anything, um, that's great. And But then, like I said, finding other ways to uh, – capture that intensity as you fatigue and you yeah. know maintain from start to finish through the workout um just firing on all cylinders yeah. but also not overstaying your welcome and doing like five sets of you know whatever you know what i mean yeah i think um patrick patrick tour kind of stated it best and he calls it the density of a set meaning like how far can you take a set without actually adding more volume me you know adding things like drop sets or partials or four straps or things like that yeah or, or his favorite i think is cluster sets but um yeah doing things like that actually definitely helps but so you're not an all-out like heavyweight all the time kind of guy you're just like where it fits that's where you use it yeah and i think um different muscle groups respond better to different stimulus um like the bigger uh, muscle groups, like back and legs, I like to, um, you know, uh, like start with like the the high intensity, you know, top set back offsets as the workout goes, you know, maybe shift into more volume, like yeah. a 60 rep set on leg press, 60. you know, but like broken up into a rest pause, like 25. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that stuff's great. And then like, something like arms um i think uh they respond well like when i just go into the gym and hit them quick and efficiently yeah and uh like a 40 minute arm workout you know is is all you need if done properly do and uh do you superset arms back and forth like when you're training do you do biceps yeah, triceps i or? will i will like i'll do an arm workout could be done any which way i could alternate tricep movement bicep movement yeah. try by try by it could be i've done all tries and then all buys i've done supersets yeah um and with arms i usually do progressive sets it's not so much top set back offset it's like i'll do sets of 10 to 12 or 12 to 15 gradually increasing weight until i'm on that threshold to where i'm at failure and then yeah. once i've exhausted that movement it's on to the next yeah 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 so i want to touch on one more thing before we go are you married do you are you in a relationship or are you married i'm not married i am happily in a relationship 
How long, um, have, you, how long have you been with your girlfriend? I've uh, been dating my girlfriend, Ava, for about a year now, and she's wonderful. She's, uh, she's my training partner. Um, oh, really? If you, yeah, like, uh, I don't know if I have any recent videos up on uh, my Instagram. I put stories up all the time. Oh, you know what? Uh, I didn't even notice she's the one spotting you on the shoulder press. Yeah. One second here. So she's your, tra <laughs> she's your training partner. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. One sixties with your, with your girl spotting you. That's confidence. Yeah. And, uh, she's actually been, um, dieting right alongside with me this whole time. Uh, she helps me prep my meals, uh, you know, but we, 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 we do everything together. Um, we do a lot for each other and, uh, she's not competed yet, but mark my words when she does, she's going to kill it in the women's physique division. Like, She's crazy strong. She has all this dense muscle. So yeah. once she peels away the layers, she's going to be dangerous on stage. Is your coach coaching her? Yeah. Yeah. She, she just linked up with him. Uh, how long ago? She's, she's right over here. She's here yeah. Is yeah. She, you want to say hi? She can. Yeah. You want to say hi to Fuad? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is there ever any, is there ever any conflicts when you're both like getting ready or she hasn't got ready yet, but has there been any like Zach, you're an asshole, you're dieting, you need to calm down kind of moments or are you guys like pretty Oh good? yeah. Oh yeah. But <laughs> not, not like nothing toxic, you know, like yeah, yeah. it's uh dieting's rough, you know? Um, Cause uh, you, you lack that like, the ability to go out and have like a nice dinner out. And uh, we do a lot, we get creative, you know, we, we come up with a lot of, um, you know, cool date ideas where we pack our meals and we go out for the day and enjoy ourselves. But, like uh, what can you give me, can you give me some ideas? Cause my fucking wife is like, we don't ever do shit. All you do is go train. And I'm like, cause my go-to is like, okay, let's go to dinner. Like that's my go-to. Right. But like, yeah. Give me a, give me a cool, like, what's a cool idea that you guys, something you guys did together that I can take my wife and tell her it was my idea. All right. Let me, let me think. Um, <laughs> I put you on the spot. Cause like food is like, I know food is like, it ties everything together, you know? So it's tough. Um, but we, uh, we go to the movies a lot. We uh, okay. sneak in in our prep meals we uh, we'll go like bowling, mini golfing. Yeah. We'll go to like like an arcade, like a Dave and Buster's type. Um, I would do that. I don't know if my wife would be up for the arcade, but I would fucking do that for sure. That sounds like yeah, fun. top golf. Uh, we were yeah. gonna go to the casino just to piss around a little bit, but last yeah. night ended up just uh, playing around on like one of those casino apps, and we had a lot yeah. of fun just at home. So you just, um, so you guys are, do you, let me ask you this and <clears throat> I'm asking you because me and my wife are like, we're probably best friends. Like, you know, we're together all the time. We're both homebodies and shit too. So yeah, that's that, us too. that kind of how you guys are. Oh yeah. 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 So you kind of don't hang around with a lot of other people. You have other friends, but you kind of like you're with each other more than anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. I think I, it's great. I think it's important that uh, you can actually do shit with, with, with each other that you like, like going to the arcade and stuff. That sounds like fun. You bring your food and all that to all these places, Tupperwares. Yeah. I mean, we have to, you know, cause uh, it, it, like you can try to eat a meal and then run out and be like, well, I got to be back in three hours, but you know, that, that never works out traffic. Dude, it never, yeah. I do that all the time. I'm like, I'll shower, I'll get ready to go wherever I'm going. And then I'll have whatever meal I'm going to eat. And then I'll leave the house. Okay. I got two or three hours and I never, right. ever end up back. It always ruins the trip. Yeah. Cause the whole time I'm just trying to worry about getting back to have my, uh, my next. Right. Meal. And then like, you can't enjoy yourself because in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, what time is it? If I hit traffic, I got to leave in yeah, half right. an hour. It puts all this pressure on. So yeah. you're better off safe than sorry. Just pack your food and have it ready to go take yeah, some yeah. of the pressure off i'll take your advice from now on i'm going to start packing my meals yeah um, smart. <laughs> um all right so chicago man that's the thing and then what's the year look like after that is there something after chicago or you're like i just want to get one down and then shut it down 
you know what um seeing as uh i've you know had my sights set on this show that show and now i finally landed on chicago um i'm if it's a good result at chicago but it's not a victory i think i'm gonna shut it down because i have been depleting and in a deficit for so long yeah um i'm just you know mentally pretty fried but uh i think if i win that'll spark a flame and i can push you know of course I'll be like okay i can push to the olympia you know right. it some people dream about that their whole lives and never get anywhere close to it you know so i feel like it'd be a little disrespectful to you know brush that off but i i really i genuinely just want to bring my best to this show see what i'm made of that's my primary objective and then you know it's it's like anything else take it one day at a time we'll see how i feel you know when the dust settles well let me give you some old man advice just uh in case, in, in case no, in case nobody else has, I did the Olympia once. I qualified four other times. Okay, yeah, I, ne- I never went back after the first time. Even oh, it was the, it was the first time you the qualified, first, the, and then you never went back. My first year, as my first year competing, I qualified. Second year, sorry, second year competing as a pro, I qualified for the Olympia, and I went to the Olympia, and then I qualified four more times after that, but never went. Wow. What was your reasoning? They're all stupid fucking reasons. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to listen. I'll be honest with you. They're looking back at them now. If somebody said to me, do you have any regrets of your bodybuilding career? It would just be that I didn't go to those qualifications. I didn't go do the, because this is the thing. It doesn't matter where you place. It does. But I mean, at the same time, when you're done your career, you can say, I could have said I did the Olympia five times. It's a yeah. nice, it's a nice thing to kind of, it's a nice feather to have in your cap kind of thing. Like I'm a five time Olympian. Yeah. Saying you qualify, think- saying you qualified is great, but actually going and doing it is something yeah. else. So if you win, yeah, you got to fucking muster up the energy to finish the year, finish the year. You can't skip it. I'll take your advice, man. Take my um, advice. Trust me. Take my advice. Trust me. But yeah. um, anyway, listen. Uh, I've had a good time talking to you. I appreciate you giving us a, a peek into the world of Zach Merkel. Um, how many weeks to the show now? How many weeks to Chicago? Six now. Six out. Six. All right. Well, hopefully yeah. we're going to be following you along now for the next six weeks. And uh, we'll keep an eye, man, and see how things go. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for having me on, man. I feel like it's been long overdue. And uh, yeah. I just uh, want to give you, you know, my most sincere thank you for uh you know letting me on and uh let me uh you know letting everyone uh into my world and see what's going on it's my pleasure dude thank you so much we'll uh we'll keep an eye on you in the next six weeks and hopefully the best uh happens for you man get that qualification and go from there yeah thanks Kawad. i appreciate it brother okay man we'll talk soon all right sounds good okay bye-bye have a good one